What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Life Uncaged podcast. I am your host, Emma Zia, and I'm sitting here today with the beautiful Melissa Yu. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Emma. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. Me too. Um, Yeah, I feel like we've been connected in each other's worlds for so long, but we haven't actually jumped on and, and done a podcast and done a chat. And I'm just so excited to see what comes through today because I've been following your work for a while and, and, you know, what you do and what you speak about. And it's all around authenticity and business and, you know, um, dealing with grief and loss and everything like that. So I think there's just so much that we can go into today. So let's see what comes through. Before we do that, though, I do want to introduce you to the community with your professional little bio. So Mel Yu is the director of MCO Events. She is also the founder of Ego Expo in Australia, which is an annual two-day expo for independent and growing brands in streetwear fashion and urban culture. She also offers one-to-one coaching and group coaching in personal and business development. Mel has most recently been nominated for Young Australian of the Year 2019 and Channel 7's Young Achievers Awards for Social Impact 2019. As though her work doesn't keep her busy enough, Melissa has her own podcast, The Authentic Me, interviewing the mindset, successes and failures of fellow thought leaders. She also has an honours in psychology and is a truly empathetic and inspiring leader. Mel's overall purpose is to leave others in a better position than before meeting them. Wow, <laughs> that is one hell of a bio. So I want to kick off today's episode by asking you, what is one pivotal or defining moment you can think of that has helped shape who you are and what you do today? Okay, we're going to go there, Emma, because whenever someone asks me this question, it's for me um, and how my life's played out, it is just been such a pivotal moment of when I lost my late partner to suicide. And so for me, it's just like when I get asked that question, I'm like, that's so easy. Like that's actually so easy because um, for people that have gone through traumatic experiences, I find that it's such a clear cut fork in the road of like someone that I was before the death and then now someone that I was after the death um so yeah so jumping straight into that and I guess what you see is what you get with these conversations but um in 2014 at the in January I was 23 years old at the time I lost my partner of six years to suicide I uh we were living together at the time and yeah I came home after work and found that he had uh killed himself and so for me that still to this date is one of the things that have not only like shaped me, um, changed me as a human, but yeah, I I took a lot of learning and lessons from, from that, from that moment. I bet. So if you don't mind me kind of going into a little bit more, so you were actually the one that found him. Yes. So we lived together. So it was inevitable that I would be the only one that would actually find him. Um, And the thing is with suicide and stuff, like I think just for your viewers and listening, I don't believe that it's a selfish act. I really, really don't. I think suicide, to be honest, is one of the most courageous things someone can do to actually forcefully take their own life. Um, human beings are the only species and the only animal uh, on earth that actually has the cognitive function and brain power to be able to take their own life because everyone else has a fight or flight response or a survival response. And the human brain is just so interesting because while we're powerful enough to 
essentially not want to be on this earth anymore. And so when we talk about me finding Gus, that was his name, when we uh, finding Gus in our household, um, I feel like it had to be me. Like, honestly, like I look back at the events and it's like he felt safe enough to do it at home. Um, he felt like maybe this was the only way uh, out. Uh, he did leave me a suicide note. So I think it was quite intentional that he knew that he, I would find him, but um, yeah, so many things play out uh, that led to that moment or to led to that tragic incident because it is a tragedy. It's a shame that people have to die before their time. Um, but at the same time, I'm sitting here saying that there is one, that there's life other than, you know, taking your own life. There's life outside of suicide. So if you've been in a suicidal state before, if you've gone through bouts of severe depression, there is hope because uh, I've I've lived it. And also there is a life for those that are bereaved by suicide or death or grief and loss in any sense. And again, that comes down to if anyone's ever, or if you're going through something now that, you know, you've lost someone near and dear to you, there is also another side to that. And the poison eventually sort of will heal as, as time goes on. Mm, wow. And I feel like the place that you're sharing from now sounds like a very empowered perspective of what you went through. Was that different to begin with? Like, did you put any self-blame? Did you put any, you know, directing towards yourself about this experience? Because I think to be in such an intimate relationship with someone and for that to happen, it's so easy to internalize that. So I'd love if you could share a little bit about your experience of your perspective then compared to now. Absolutely. I think um, for your viewers and listeners and even for myself, like um, the way that I articulate it now and I do speak in the space is from a place of heal healing at least and empowerment because it has been eight years since losing him. Did I find my voice straight away? Absolutely not. Um, did I have absolutely, you know, copious amounts of blame, guilt, shame? Yes. Uh I had, to, you know, going through therapy and discussing all of this, I held a lot of it in. Um, it was so interesting because when pre, pre-death, Gus and I's relationship, it was, it was very young love. We were together from when we were 18 through to when we were 23. It's the time of our life was a very rite of passage kind of life where you go from an adolescent uh, essentially to a young adult and we did a lot of the first of everything that we accomplished together and it was very much my first love in that relationship I was studying psychology at the time and so I like um, you said in my bio I have an honors in psychology so it was very much a space where I loved relationships I loved the human mind um, and that was just from my own upbringing as well and then when Gus died and he past I just felt like you can learn all the things about mental health and you can learn all the things about even suicide and you just never think it happens to you until it happens to you mm -hmm. um so even though I was working living and breathing in the space nothing could have prepared me for something as huge uh as this and to the community our direct community it was like a bomb had hit mm -hmm. and so instantly from there I think the first thing people do, like what I noticed from the community and even your nearest and dearest loved ones is like, well, what happened? Uh, the conversation around suicide is very, very different to any other passing of death purely because there's this big question mark around why, right, or how, or 
um, all of this kind of stuff that, you know, you can kind of almost compartmentalize in your brain if it's cancer or, you know, a car accident or anything like that. You can almost make sense of it. But whereas suicide, it's something that is just so confusing and so much deeper than just the surface level kind of they took their own life. And what I found from my community was there were moments of people blaming, mm. saying, well, you lived with him, so what happened? You know, how could you not have protected him? Uh, and I also took a lot of that on board as well. What could I have done? Those earlier stages of grief, I could have rewritten the, you know, day in my head over and over again. I came up with all these sort of different endings and only through therapy and a lot of deep self-work and personal development have I really been able to let those parts of me go because how it played out is how it played out. And I unfortunately cannot rewrite the past and he isn't here to answer all those questions that I have for him. And so, yeah, I, now I take this empowered approach. I take an approach of I can't rewrite my past and history, but I can make damn sure that I can live a more conscious, full and deeper, meaningful life moving forward. Wow. Like just you saying that, I felt so much heaviness in my body of that constant questioning of what could I have done or like people saying you know why did you not protect him like that's because you also give me very kind of warrior woman vibes you know you're and correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like you're a very strong woman by nature whether that was because of this experience or because it's just who you are and so I think you know as a woman as well we have that ingrained mother energy where we do want to look after our loved ones we do want to protect them and so to have any kind of blame or questioning about that I can imagine that being a really painful and turbulent experience yeah and you know Emma I think it exacerbated all the traits that I did have so I think I had a very determined kind of um aggressive nature of like being a woman in itself but pre-23 I was still very young I was still you know wondering you know um who I was and all of that. But then when this happened, so what I found is in my late 20s and then now into my early 30s, I it's exacerbated that strength, um, that warrior kind of vibe because I am very resilient, incredibly resilient uh, before this and then this has kind of really shaped it. Um, yeah, I think sometimes you don't make, you don't get to make a choice in life, things happen and you kind of just have to roll with the punches or the cards that were dealt with. And so it becomes your responsibility after how you choose to handle those situations. Absolutely. And I think you're just touching on such a powerful point, which honestly probably holds the majority of the population back is focusing on the past and what could have been done differently. And as cliche as it sounds, and even as, um, surface level as this sounds relating to what we're talking about but one of my favorite mantras is it is what it is and it's so cliche but when something happens it's saying you know it is what it is now I get to choose how I respond to the situation rather than spending time in the past trying to figure out what could have been done differently you know Peter Crone always says what's happened has happened because it was meant to happen that way and it wouldn't be any other way because it isn't and yeah. it's so crazy just to bring us back to the simplicity of that so that we can move on, so that we can access healing, so that we can integrate. So I'd love for you to share if anyone is currently, 
you know, experiencing grief, loss from any type of means, not just suicide, but do you have any kind of insights that you can maybe share based off of your healing experience that could really help them through the process? I think grief and loss are topics that people initially kind of will be like, oh, that's quite a heavy subject. But then when we kind of pull it apart, recognizing that every single one of us on this earth will go through grief and loss inevitably. It's almost, it's like the inevitable suffering. Grief and loss is just a part of life. And what that might look like is it doesn't have to be a death. It can be grief and loss over relationships. So if your heart has ever been broken, you would know exactly what I mean by this grief and loss. It feels gut-wrenching. Heart pain is honestly one of the worst pains that you can go through. Um, And I just, I wouldn't wish upon anyone, but yet it is necessary for our growth. So understanding that grief and loss is part of life. It's part of uh, human experience because when we lose a job, we need to mourn and grieve that when we when we have a birthday almost we let go of the like the birth year that we once was and we step into this new power um I said this in another podcast but life is actually just a constant um death of ourselves and a rebirth so we we are constantly grieving and losing things to achieve new things and so once you recognize that that is inevitably part of it how I see grief and loss is it shows that I'm human and that I've loved Grief is just untapped love that's pouring out. It's that excess love, which is why we feel the heartache that we do when we lose someone or something or a pet or anything, because, well, we loved and to be loved and to love in return is one of the most powerful experiences in our human life. So yeah, I think grief and loss is just a part of that. If you're deep in the thick of it and you're really feeling that pain, Uh, a mantra that I've always lived by is this too shall pass. This too shall pass. These three words have kept me so grounded um, and back to the present. And what I mean by that is I then don't take, I don't take the bad days as heavy as they are because I understand that it's temporary and this too shall pass. But it also makes me be very more conscious and present of those happy days as well. And when I'm in flow and I feel like I can take on the world and I'm superwoman because I also recognize that this too shall pass. So I do very much embrace the present and going, okay, well, everything is just fleeting. Everything is temporary. And so it helps me to live much more fully in both those moments of highs and lows. Um, And so, yeah, to anyone that is going through something like grief and loss right now, I really feel you, whether you're in the highs and lows of it, um, recognizing that it is only temporary and you've got so much more outside of the grief. Mm, Oh, I love how you put that so much. And I think, again, this is something that we bypass so much is that everything in this experience is transitory like emotions, relationships, us, like everything in this physical reality is transitory. And I think when we really remember that, it does allow us to navigate the situation with a little bit more ease. Because I think, you know, when you're in those deep, deep states, those deep emotional states or depression, or you're going through grief, you feel like there's no way out. And that belief or that feeling of there's no way out puts us in a state of powerlessness. And from that place, it's so hard to feel like we have a choice. It's so hard to feel like we do get to decide to choose something different or to move on or to experience something different. And so I think that's such an important point that you that you touched on there. So 
would you say that you know this experience really was the catalyst for you going into personal development and exploring who you are yeah I mean like from just a real quick snapshot of my childhood because I think childhood between zero and seven is your most important development developmental years and educational years and so I think you know, I don't believe in like fate and predestined and things, but very early on, I was already much more hyper aware of my differences within the community and society. Um, so I'm Chinese, 100% Chinese, but I grew up in a very Western community um, down in the Southeast near Mornington Peninsula. So back in the 90s, I was very much so one of the only Asian families that had gone over there and assimilated there. My parents came from Hong Kong, and we lived in this very Western community. So I think before I even had cognitive function, I was an outlier just based on the color of my skin. And now it's easy to say that now with a lot of reflection and hindsight, but yet as a child, as a six-year-old, five-year-old growing up, all I wanted to do was fit in. All I wanted to do was blend in and be invisible because no one wants to stand out. Um, especially when you're just trying to like the social hierarchy and the social norms doesn't allow us to kind of have creative flair. So I was trying to blend in and I just couldn't. Um, now in my, like I'm 32 and I'm very much so uh, like a very obvious result of being born in a Western community. I have blonde hair, I'm tanned. Like I'm nothing like a normal Chinese kind of girl would be that would be from overseas. And so I've assimilated very well just from blending in and trying to fit in with that Western community. My parents divorced when I was three, four years old. And I think that survival factor of um, it wasn't just a easy divorce and friendly with um, no animosity, my mum then moved to Sydney. So as a little girl as well, uh, between Melbourne and Sydney, flying in, flying out to see my mum because she she literally left. And so again, there was a lot of things where I was forced to question like my existence on the earth really early. Who am I? Why do these things happen? And my parents did the best they could with the skills that they had, but kids should probably just be kids and play and, um, you know, have guidance and love. And yet I was very independent very early on. And so I think there's a series of events when we look back at our life that then go, okay, well, this has been the catalyst for personal development. Most people I find, and Emma, you can, you know, add your thing into it, but people that enter personal development have gone through some level of hardship, struggle, challenges, that then they made a conscious choice to go, I'm going to dive into this a bit more. You know, once self-awareness kicks in, you either can you, you know I feel like there's a responsibility there once you've kind of reached self-awareness you're like okay I need to I need to explore this um and it always starts with the eye but once you kind of like have that belief or like awareness that it's like hang on conscious thoughts emotions behaviors actions visualization all these kind of things in personal development if you choose to go down that rabbit hole of personal development which opens up to a plethora of different things in wellness. Um, I think it really helps you expand and evolve and then vibrate at literally on an energetic level, vibrate at a higher frequency so that you can live more in purpose. Um, so yeah, there was a series of catalyst events, um, but 
Gus's passing was definitely one that opened it up a lot more. At 23 years old, when everyone was going clubbing, hitting the streets, you know, really caring about social media and everything, I just lost the love of my life and not just to some average kind of death. Like I found him in the garage. He had hung himself. So it was very much why am I here? Why did this happen to me? Um, What is going on? And now at 23, when everyone was kind of just having fun, I was like, who is Mal Yu without this other partner? So without Angus McIntosh, I didn't know who that was. And so for a very long time, it was just about refinding who that girl was without, um, yeah, this partner of mine. And over the course of the last eight years, I think I'm still coming back home to who is Mel Yu because even though I feel like I'm more me than I've ever been, it's only really been in the last couple of years did I really start letting go of the suicide story as well. So be very careful of even like what, what we talk about and how we identify ourselves. Um, I was, I thought I was doing like this incredible thing. I was advocating in mental health and suicide prevention. I was continuously um, basically repeating my story through lived experience and helping different communities. And yet I felt like even that was a way that I just kind of um, masked the grief and the healing. And I just became this girl that was like living for Angus And I still wasn't figuring out who Mel was because I'd become so tied down to this story of mine. Um, And it was only until I really let go that I was the widow and the suicide girl and I'd lost my partner. And this is really recent, like really, really, I feel like my followers and my community would be like, actually, I've noticed. Because once I actually let go of that story, I was probably 30. Um, So once I let go of that and really stepped into all these other things that Mel Yu was, all these business opportunities came out, all this other authentic, authenticity podcast came out. I realized I actually had so much more to offer my community than just the mental health and suicide prevention aspect, um, which, you know, I think over time you you kind of figure, figure that part out. Uh, but, yeah, like I'm much more me than I've ever been and now I'm kind of just experimenting with that. Mm. Do you think you'll ever know who you are? I think we're, I hope that we're always adding pieces and adding layers to who we are. Um, I think, I hope that I reach my full potential is when, you know, I'm on my deathbed and that I can really look back and be like, okay, like this has been a series of moments that have actually made me who I am and something that I'm really proud of. But I think there's always something to learn. Every day offers new surprises, new challenges, new opportunities. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I'm always seeking with a glass half full kind of aspect. So I'll go into every day and be like, what can I learn today? You know, like what area, because there's just so much to learn in this world. People have so many different passions and hobbies. Um, So yeah, I I never like staying in my comfort zone. I'm always in rooms where things make no sense. Um, I've got an events business, but I love being in rooms about property or like finance or tech. Um, I just like exploring different conversations to help widen and broaden my level of awareness. So yeah, I don't think we'll ever fully know, but we can come quite close. 
that's what's crazy isn't it because I feel like and I said this on uh, a podcast I was interviewed on a few days ago is that I think we're all programmed with that question of who am I because that's what gives rise to creation and innovation liberation all of these things that really moves humanity forward in its evolution but it's interesting because I think some people try and answer that question where I don't think there's ever going to be a definite answer because we're ever evolving. We're, we're fluid entities that are consistently growing and evolving. Um, and I feel like what I say to people when I speak about life's purpose is the way I see it is almost twofold. It's about connecting with who we truly are, but also creating who we desire to become. Because as you mentioned before, you know, my perspective as well is like destiny isn't set in stone. We get to have free will as humans. We get to choose who we want to be. And it's through those choices and decisions and the aligned action that goes along with that, that we actually create who we want to become. And so I think people really need to embrace and play in both of those energies and both of those arenas so that we can really, you know, be personally fulfilled as well as tapping into our potential and explore with that. So what would you say to people that feel like maybe they're quite mundane in their life? Maybe they feel like they do want to explore more of their potential. They're questioning what they're here to do with their career, what their purpose is. Could you share any insights around that? I think it's an interesting question because I don't know if anyone in that state at times would be listening to a podcast like yours and I feel like they're they're already in the arena right like people that listen to these kind of podcasts self-development personal development growth expansion all that stuff that you offer for your community they're already tapped into it so if at times you feel like you might be a bit lost in that in this current moment continue to do just this so what I mean by that is continue to go out and taste things go out try explore you'll figure it out Mm -hmm. like honestly like whenever I felt like oh I'm a bit stale or like you know things are feeling a bit flat recognizing that we all do it even the most incredible inspiring people go through those moments of confusion loss it's part of the human experience but to get for me to get closer to being me I go back to things that work. So things that are like my routine is so important because I know when I'm at my best mentally well state, there's a certain set of routines that I follow. My diet's good. My sleep's good. uh, My habits are relatively on point. Um, And when I go through those bouts, it's because I recognize that okay, well, something's gone out of alignment. Something's not in alignment anymore. I need to get back to my alignment and get back to my flow. If I feel like I'm lacking creativity in certain things, my self-awareness kicks in and I'm like, I need to get out of the city or, you know, I need to really go out of my environment. Traveling for me is a very great vice. I love traveling and getting lost in a country that I've never been in um, purely because it you're forced to be present. That's what I love about traveling into a new place is you can't really like go into the routine or like know what you're doing because you don't even know, you might not even speak the language. And so I will put myself in these positions to get that fire back in or that creativity back in by getting lost in my thoughts and I'm changing up that routine as well. So yeah, I think for people that want to figure it out, go out and taste things, go out and try a new hobby, go, you know, what's on your to-do list that you set 
it's a really good time now as we enter, um, you know, the end of the year and we started, not that it matters, but we, in our minds, we're starting a new financial year or we're starting a new quarter. And so it's a really good time to kind of go, what do I want out of 2023? You know, what are my intentions um, coming into 2023? Set those, set some things. It's like, I want to go skydiving or um, I want to travel to this place or I want to take myself out to the movies. Like there's certain things that you'll be able to go out and explore and you'll figure out whether you like it or not. Mm, absolutely. And I think this is something that we hold ourselves back on so much is perfect so sorry about that guys we just had a bit of a glitch in the recording but we're back so we were speaking about going out and playing and really experimenting with life and exploring with life and I think what I was saying was you know we, we're so afraid of the getting hurt we're so afraid of how we might be judged we're so afraid of trying something new you know, based off of how we're going to be perceived in that exploration. It's so wild how much we hold ourselves back from playing and, and exploring. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah. Sorry. So I just to add to that, I mean, be very conscious as well of whether it's your thought or if it was someone else's thought that created that fear. Mm. And so more more often than not, it wasn't even your thought or opinion to begin with. Mm. Um, I work a lot in, in the coaching space and a lot of my clients, when they come, like the fear of judgment, fear of failure, you know. Sorry, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Emma? Sorry, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I can hear. I can hear myself in your feed which is weird. Ah. But um well I'll just I'll just continue and roll with it. <laughs> but yeah, so many so many people have these fear of failure, fear of fear of success even, fear of being judged and I feel like it comes from this not enoughness, this place of not enoughness because if someone is really in their power, it, it there is none of that fear holding them back. Um but whose voice is it? Whose voice is it that told you that you weren't good enough? Whose voice is it that told you that you couldn't do something or achieve something or that they would judge you? And when I ask that, more pe- like most people will kind of like instantly have a vision or a person in mind um, mm. because very likely it wasn't your voice to begin with. You didn't wake up one morning and was like, well, I don't want to do anything because I'm afraid that someone's going to judge me. It's more that someone might have judged you and their opinion and you took it as gospel and you took it with um, certainty and that's where the fear comes in. So just be really conscious and like try and unlearn whose thought or opinion was that anyway. Mm, absolutely. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because one thing I've realized, you know, in my experience as well is the ego is driven by being right. <laughs> so if someone imposes their opinion on you, like we often will look for certainty because we feel safe in that. So we'll be like, oh, they're right. And so that then becomes part of our identity. We anchor into that story or that narrative, which will just continue to play out in us being small and holding back. It's crazy how easily suggestible the mind is. Absolutely. <laughs> it really, really is. So I want to ask you, what what's one of the biggest risks that you feel you've taken? And what was your experience with that? Oh. This one has to be on, well, on a professional and personal level, I think starting a company, starting a business is 
inevitably going to involve risk, but I went, my journey with my business and development was that I went big at, from the get-go mm-hmm. and <laughs> it, it, it was a risk that uh, it might have paid off now, but in that first year, it did not pay off. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that I was just such a dreamer and like I went all in on this entrepreneurial journey of starting my business, which was Ego Expo. Um, we wanted to be Australia's largest streetwear expo. Um, and I was so caught up in that. And funnily enough, I feel like there was a lot of ego that was driven behind it at the time. And there's nothing like a, like a humbling your ego than failure. And that's why I, I love failure because failure helps us realign. It helps us get focused and it helps us just remind us what our mission and purpose actually is when we fail. Um, so yeah, I think starting my business was one of the biggest risks. There was a lot of financial outlay. There was a lot of, uh, you know, working for yourself and making your own income. I think just there was there was a very yeah high risk of me having to go back to a nine to five. And at times I really felt that I've needed to go back um, to part-time work um, when I first started out. So I think, yeah, professionally and personally, beginning my business was one of my biggest risk takes. A hundred percent. And I would say the same on my part. And what you were saying about the failure, it's so crazy because when you run your own business and you're building your mission, mm-hmm. you keep having to pick yourself back up again. And like the level of self-leadership that you will develop through running your own business is wild. And I think, you know, so many people give up so early because it is tough and it is a hard experience and there's different levels to the game. And one of the most powerful things for me personally, and and I think it might be for you is really just having that level of self-leadership to know that if someone says no, or if we get knocked down, it doesn't mean we're not supposed to be doing it. It doesn't mean, you know, we're supposed to choose something else more often than not. It means that, you know, something my mentor used to say that I love, she used to say, sometimes we need to prove it and other times it will be effortless for us. And the context of that is, you know, sometimes you are going to have to prove to yourself that you can fucking pick yourself back up and overcome these mental hurdles, these limitations, you know, the rejection that you're going to experience from potential clients and things like that. And other times opportunities are going to flow so effortlessly. And it's not, you know, business isn't designed to be one or the other. It's the ebb and flow between both. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful. So I want to ask you, how do you handle the difficult times? If you're having like a low day or a bad day, maybe you feel knocked down in business or relationship or family or whatever, what kind of, what's your process of navigating that? Um, the first word that comes to mind is hope. Um, the word hope and what hope means for me has gotten me through the darkest of days uh, to when, you know, I've, been suicidal and had really dark thoughts to now, even with struggles in business or it's been a hard day and it's stressful, hope gets me going, hope keeps me going. And that means what for hope for me is that a better day will be here tomorrow um, or at least tomorrow will come. And yeah, that mentality, it's so simple, but I know when there are days and I think we we can all attest to 
just trying to keep going and keep pushing where some days you just can't. Some days you're so defeated and exhausted and tired from what has like from the punches or whatever has gone on in your life and day that you just can't keep going in that sense. And you need to take a break and you need a pause. I really honor those spaces and take up as much space as I need when I need to pause and recognizing that tomorrow is going to come. One of my coaches and mentors have always said like the work's going to be here tomorrow. And it sounds so obvious, but yet I always felt like I needed to work or like meet deadlines and everything. And it's like, you know what? The work will still be here tomorrow. If I park it tonight and watch Netflix and do absolutely sweet fuck all, I'll wake up tomorrow probably with a clearer mindset and more space between, you know, um, the incident or the challenge that I can then have a bit more clarity. So yeah, I feel like I really do honor that and just go, you know what, sometimes I'm tired. I'm putting my shoes up for the night. Don't contact me. I'm not going to be on emails and I'll catch you tomorrow. And most of the time, 100 out of 100 so far, you know, no explosions or like uh, incidents have ever happened to the state that um, yeah, that I feel like it at times. I feel like when you leave work and you pick it up tomorrow, no one dies, you know, nothing bad has happened and it's going to be okay. Mm, absolutely. And it's, again, it comes down to that self-leadership, right? It's that self-awareness of knowing when a pattern interrupt, like going outside in nature or, you know, going to watch Netflix or going to exercise, how that actually excels your productivity. I think- absolutely. One thing that, you know, frustrates me because a lot of what I do is all about efficiency. I love to streamline everything and, you know, make things as productive as they can be. And when I see someone trying to force something and it's like in my mind, I'm like, if you just step away even for like five, 10 minutes and come back, I guarantee there will be a solution there. You know, that's happened with me so many times of, you know, coming up against technology issues or something like that. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to step away for 10 minutes go into fuck it mode, do whatever I need to do to shake this off and dust this off. And when I come back more often than not, the solution appears. And if I was to stay there and try and force it, it's just like this resistance meeting resistance. Um, you know and what I think that is though, you know what that is as well. I feel like it's surrendering, right? Actually exactly. just kind of for a moment surrendering because mm -hmm. when you in surrender, you find acceptance. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that's one thing that I think we find the hardest to do really is to let go and surrender. Absolutely. But for me, surrender is a cornerstone of the evolutionary path. It's a cornerstone of personal growth and development. Mm. It's wild. And I think in my experience, kind of going back to what we were talking about, I think I'm so good at going into fuck it mode <laughs> is what I call it. Like, that pattern interrupt to increase my productivity. Something else that I've been working through is sounds ironic based off what I just said, but sometimes I actually need to sit through something. Like there's been times where I've been feeling frustration and I'm like, oh, I'll go into fuck it mode. And then something's like, no, like this is where you need to prove it. This yeah. is where you actually need to sit with it. You know, it could be me writing an article or something and I feel like I've got creator's block. And then I'm like, hang on a minute. I feel like I need to sit here and something will come through the discipline of me sitting with it so you know it really is that ebb and flow and that awareness of knowing exactly what you need to do in that moment so that you can really produce what you need to produce in your business yeah and I think the ebb and flow we more people need to talk about it and discuss the 
this idea that you know you you have to be one or the other like we are actually a like I'm a walking paradox and contradiction um because it is it's it's both I and I feel like uh Gary V has been saying this a lot like lately this this idea of instead of using or why not be and so mm-hmm. why can't we be this and this you know wherever it calls us we live in this state of duality and that's always going to be the case this ebb and flow that we're talking about once you really like understand it and go oh my gosh I can be efficient um productive and sit in star silence mm-hmm. and feel and be patient um same thing it's like I can be in routine in my masculinity, you know, really cutting deals and like um, making moves, moving and shaking in business and uh, personally, and I can be soft and feminine Mm. and sweet and kind. Mm. And, you know, like I can be both. I don't have to be one or the other. Mm. It just, each situation and circumstance presents a different us. Absolutely, because that's where we fall into imbalance, right? When we're too much one way and not the other way. Like whenever I look at when I am peaking in my life, it's always when there is balance and consistency. It's when every day I'm spending time exercising on my business, socializing or connecting with people, spending time in silence. Like I always look back and think, wow, like balance is actually such a key part to my success. And I also understand that you know, in business, there's going to be some days where you're so in flow and so kind of on the grind that you'll be there for like 12, 14 hours. And then, you know, the next day, like allow yourself to have that space if you're not, you know, and that is also balance just over like a different time period. So I think balance and consistency is two things that really, um, really contribute to, to personal well-being as well as professional growth. Um, and just to add to that on consistency, because I absolutely love consistency. I think that that's how brand brands are created by being consistent. And I think that that's how success is created by being consistent. Mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself on the, you know, the three or five bad days that you have overall in a calendar year of 365 days, you know, and I feel like we we have a tendency to really judge ourselves when we aren't in that consistent state, but recognizing that, hey, overall, the macro also counts. The macro days that you've shown up and been resilient and continued. Uh, my partner does this really well in the fitness space. He talks about healthy eating and um, people going on sort of diets But when you choose to opt in for a healthier lifestyle and then one night you decide to have, you accidentally have a binge or you you have a binge because something happened and then most people will go, oh, well, fuck it. I gave up then. I, I, you know, I was so bad eating that junk food, eating that fried chicken. I'm just going to ride off the whole month. No, Mm. don't do that. Actually go back to the consistency because that one bad day of binge eating isn't actually going to be that bad if you then just pick back up your routine the next day. And Mm. so staying consistent and don't judge yourself on the bad days and recognizing that, hey, if if you do a good day of, you know, whatever it may be, clean eating, that's still one good day that you get on your belt. Mm, Absolutely. And that comes down to seeing life and business as a long game. You know, I think we can be so obsessed in this convenience culture of having something now, reaching the goal now, achieving it now. And it's like when you, like you said it so powerfully when you said, you know, healthy eating is a lifestyle. When you choose your business as a legacy, when you choose your your health as a lifestyle, it's different because it's it's the long game that you've got in mind. It's the infinite game 
And I think that when you align to that, you're going to reach your outcome no matter what, because you don't let the little stuff allow you to drop your power. You sustain your power because you understand, you know, the power of the compound effect, the time and energy that you're putting into those things that are always going to compound and come to fruition. And it's like, it just comes down to that question, you know, what, what are you spending your time and your energy and your efforts into? Because whatever that is on a habitual basis, on a consistent basis, is what you will experience in the fruition of it. Um, so I think that's really, really powerful. I want to ask you to close out this episode today. The uncaged, you know, philosophy is all about liberation. It's really about freedom. And so could you maybe share some of your experience or share some insights around liberation and freedom and maybe how people can experience that in their lives or how maybe you've experienced it in your life or how you continue to, you know, show up in that liberation space um, and just share a little something around that that might be able to benefit and support our communities today. You're going to be most powerful and in your energy when you're authentically you. And um, I think authenticity has been such a buzzword and people kind of go, yeah, like authentic. It's like, what does that mean? Mm. Authenticity is effortless. You do not need to actually try because you can't, you can't be anything other than be you. And mm. when we sit in that power of just going, I'm just going to shine and I'm just going to shine bright in this space. I don't dim anyone else's light. Everyone else can shine just as bright. Um, and I just stand in my own power. When you walk into a room, I feel like you always gravitate energetically to people that are just so authentically in their power. Um, mm. You know, you know, the, the person at the club that is, is just powerful just by their stance or the way that they communicate or the, the way that they hold themselves, their body language, you know, and you naturally go, hey, can I like have some of that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cool. And yeah. um, I think when I recognize what that is, my everything changed. The game absolutely changed when I became authentically true. And so you figure out what that is to be authentic. If it's weird, if it's quirkiness, if it's um, your your arts, whatever that may be, your voice, your writing, start expressing yourself because that's when you're going to get as well, like people that really gravitate towards your energy and you can really start finding your circle and your tribe and your community of people that um, just get it. And I think I'm now in this beautiful space where my mindset is just like, we need we need more authenticity out there and we need more creatives showcasing their stuff. We need more entrepreneurs um, fixing problems and solving problems. We need more people that love podcasting to go out there and create a platform. Um, There's no shortage of that. And, you know, we're both in that kind of coaching space and people can be like, you know, personal development, it's such a saturated market. I'm like, it hasn't even begun. Mm. Genuinely, like, I feel like, especially in Australia, personal development's just beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, get in it, get in amongst it, try doing a podcast, start your YouTube channel, figure out what, you know, go to the dance class and do showcases, whatever it is that lets your creative juices flow and that let you be authentic lean into that because we need so much more of it. And even the way that I am speaking from that place of truth, like, don't you want to be in flow? Like, I feel like it's just so much nicer to be playing in this level and feeling empowered and living life this way than rather worrying about, you know, what could have been or um, looking looking back at the past with rose-coloured glasses. 
Mm. Oh, that was such a powerful <laughs> message. I think everyone listening needs to just rewind that and listen to that and repeat a few times. Um, I could tell, like I could feel the passion and the energy behind what you were saying. And I think that was just such an impactful message to close. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So if people want to connect with you and reach out with you, where can they find you? So the best place probably like all of us is Instagram um, at Mallyu, M-E-L-L-I-E-Y-U. But I'm available on so many things. Um, if you really want to search, don't be afraid to connect. Um, if you love this conversation, make sure you screenshot it and tag us both just so I know that people are listening and I can help share it. This mm-hmm. is how I feel like communities and good things grow. This is how me and you became connected, um, mm-hmm. you know, just from digital and being online. And you really feel like you get to know a person and um, yeah, I feel like I've built a community online that really reflects just who I am in my everyday life. It's it's the same person. Um, so make sure to connect through there. I love that. And you've just done my job for me. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. So absolutely, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely screenshot, tag us both in it. You can message us both and let us know, you know, the wisdoms or yeah, the wisdom nuggets that kind of came through for you today. And I just want to say, Mel, it's been an absolute gift to chat with you today and to have a proper conversation finally. Um, I think your mindset and your perspective on things is just from such an empowered place. And I see you making so many waves in the personal development space, the business space. I feel like you're someone where nothing can stop you, you know, like you're just going to keep going and keep creating and innovating. And I'm so excited to, to see how your journey continues to evolve. Thanks so much, babe. You too. Um, always cheering you on and supporting you from afar. So let's go get it. <laughs> yes. And on that note for you listening, um, we will see you on the next episode.